Here's a quote from an article in the Vancouver Sun written by our next guest. Quote, why would anyone think decriminalization will bring about any meaningful reduction in overdoses when it doesn't touch the foundational components of addiction? Decreasing stigma is a nice gesture, but how can it penetrate to the brain chemistry and physiological conditioning that addiction entails? How does this significantly alter the results of general societal abandonment? of our addicted fellow humans. Powerful stuff. An article entitled Decriminalization on Its Own Does Nothing to Tackle the Foundations of Addiction. The author of the piece, a counseling psychologist, is Calvin White, joining us now from Salmon Arm. Calvin, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Great to have you with us. Very interesting article. The government is very pleased with itself for this whole move to uh, legalize small quantities of, uh, of narcotics, as the cops would say. Uh, you don't see that decriminalization in and of itself is much of a solution at all. No, I don't see how it could be. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what would if if decriminalization is going to be successful. What should it have also included? Well, first of all, um, we've we've made a, a big fanfare about it. It makes the headlines. Yep, uh, and and that then falls into the same kind of category as a whole bunch of governments from all governments when they make uh, announcements. It's to make themselves look good, to make themselves look like they're taking action. And for people on the street and for the actual people who live everywhere, action shows itself when there are changes and when there's reason to believe that changes will happen. And so uh, if, if you go down the downtown east side in Vancouver, it's the, the clearest example of how we have not really wanted change because each year it gets worse. So if we really wanted change, we would have done something to help the people who are so obviously in need of help with mental illness or with addiction issues. And that means putting money into programs. You might have noticed that during COVID, there was an announcement by the Minister of Health in British Columbia about hiring, I forget how many new uh, care aides in the seniors' homes. Right. That's money being spent on direct care. Decriminalization is stopping doing something that that we should have addressed a long time ago. So what I would have liked to have seen, instead of making a big fanfare announcement about decriminalization, just have the police start doing what they do in, in other situations, is they don't have to arrest people just because the law is there. They don't have to arrest people for simple possession. Right. It's just like a, a police officer sees somebody speeding on the road. He has a discretionary, uh, he has a discretion that he can use. So if the person's going, say, 10, 10 Ks over the speed limit or even 15 Ks, he may or may not pull that person over. He doesn't all of a sudden announce. We don't have a government announcement saying, okay, we're going to raise the speed limit by, by uh, 10, 10 kilometers an hour. Because when you make that announcement, all you're signaling is that it's not so important. Drug possession is not so important. And so all those kids and all those uh, recreational users have a direct psychological prod to say it's not so important. And you, when that happens without any treatment advancements, without any new hirings, without any new treatment centers, without any new addressing of, of, of poverty, of, of homelessness, of 
mental uh, uh, initiatives to help people with mental illness, uh, then it becomes uh, counterproductive and also gives the illusion that we're actually doing something. Has it surprised you, Calvin, that uh, some of the criticism surrounding this, uh, these announcements uh, regarding decriminalization have come from those who say, oh, it doesn't go far enough because now, uh, the, uh, even though it, you're not going to be arrested for a simple possession of a small amount of a narcotic, uh, now they're concerned about quality control and the fact that uh, there's no, uh, no ability to determine uh, whether uh, certain substances are what they are said to be or what they're mixed with or cut with. So the, the, it's, it's a complaint coming from completely the opposite direction that you're coming from. Did that surprise you? Well, I don't think it's the opposite direction. I think they're speaking about the same thing. I, I think they're saying that kind of criticism is saying, why would we think this will work on its own? Why would we think that it's going to address um, the uh, you know, the uh, composition of drugs that people are using in the street. Why would we think that it's going to address uh, uh, criminal activity in, in producing the drugs and in selling the drugs and making money off the drugs? Right. And and that's why, you know, for instance, if they were going to say that we're going to have a uh, prescribed, prescribed narcotics from doctors and that the those who are addicted could come to get prescribed narcotics and in a way that it, they are absolutely accessible to everybody who needs them through a doctor, then I would say, okay, that's something. And I would have to think a lot more harder on that because then I would say, okay, there's some quality control, right, right. There's some psychological assistance. It doesn't give the message to any kid that, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> Joey, who's 19, has got some, some uh, cocaine tonight yeah are you coming to that party you know I, I can see a lot of teenagers saying yeah why not but when you when you talk about it in the terms of uh, quality control and through a doctor and making an appointment or having a, a relationship with a doctor and there's money enough to provide those doctors and then there's the actual uh, 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 drug availability in in the clinically uh, safe amounts and clinically safe content, then I think, okay, that's an initiative. Mm -hmm. And I also think that that would then would clearly, and, and who wouldn't agree with this, if we were doing that, it would clearly spur government on to putting more money into treatment resources. It would make it impossible for government not to put money into treatment resources, money into uh, prevention resources, uh, money into outreach towards families and individuals who have complex needs um, because uh, it would be truly signaling it as a health issue. Right. So, Calvin, you're a counseling psychologist, and many of your clients are teenagers. You counsel uh, teenagers in high school. So let's could you mention kids a few times already in this conversation? They are the targets, particularly of predatory dr uh, drug dealers. They want, they want kids with money and curiosity. So what is this decriminalization message to kids? Uh, first of all, I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a, a counselor with a master's degree in counseling psychology. Um, I work with kids. I've worked with kids for the last uh, 30 years. I've written many articles about um, my work with kids. 
I wrote a book called The Secret Life of Teenagers. Um, the sort of the basis of my work with kids has been to know them, to know them intimately mm-hmm. in the privacy of my counseling office, to understand how they think and how they think uh, as the years pass. And we live now in a superficial age of the Internet where everything is fast and superficial. And trying things, is it becomes a, uh, a much more of a norm, a much more of a, of a lightning-fast uh, uh, communication uh, meme than it ever used to be. And so it's so easy for kids who maybe have difficulties in their own lives, and the great majority of teenagers, the great majority, have lots of difficulties in their own lives that they have no control over. At the same time, they're in that age of, of trying to find themselves, that age of exploration, sure. that age of rebellion, that age of trying to become independent. And so then this, uh, the idea of using a drug equates to excitement. It, it equates to something new. It equates to belonging. And parties are all about belonging and trying something new and having excitement. And so when the message is to decriminalize, what decriminalize means is it's not that important. It's not that serious. And the same thing happened with marijuana. When marijuana was decriminalized, we made this big fanfare about it. Then it just gives this message to kids, well, it's the same as, you know, having a drink. And, you know, for generations, we've we've talked about bootlegging and, and, and uh, who, who's going to bootleg the, the alcohol to you? Well, why would we assume? Why would anybody assume that there aren't going to be more kids trying hard drugs now? Why do we call them hard drugs? Because we think they're hard. Yeah. Because we think they're more dangerous. So why would we think that now with this kind of messaging, particularly the way the messaging's done, and then the argument becomes over is two and a half grams enough? Should it be, should it be higher? Well, all that's saying is how important is it really? So, of course, kids are going to be interested in trying it. There's just not a chance they won't be. Exactly. And it's going to be in communities that it hasn't been. Kids in different communities that haven't had that chance are going to try it. It's inevitable. And the, and the dealers are going to, great. <laughs> yeah. Now we, we have one less obstacle. Uh, to, to deal with, from, exactly. From dealing. And, and, and when I say dealers, these guys are often just, you know, addicts themselves or they're people that are, they're not the real bad guys. It's a the fascinating... And the, and the sources are going to say, yeah, good. Indeed. Take it four and a half grams. I, I have to leave it there. It's a great article. I commend it to our listeners. Decriminalization on its own does nothing to tackle the foundations of addiction. It's in the Vancouver Sun this week and well worth a read. The author, Calvin White, joining us from Salmon Arm. Thanks, Calvin, very much.